Please grab your copy of uh, God's Word and open to Joshua, the book of Joshua, the sixth book of the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, then Joshua, chapter 21. That's where we're at. Uh, We are in this unique section of uh, Joshua. And if you're new, we've been going from beginning of Joshua. We're going to be going all the way to the end of the book. And and if you haven't been with us, uh, one of the things, just these center chapters here, these kind of latter half chapters here, uh, and many times, um, actually, uh, when pastors go through these, kind of skip over them. And I understand why, and because there's kind of like a lots of land things and information that it's like, boy, so irrelevant. And and yet, what I'm trying to do is I've kind of thought, okay, time to man up for me, time to man up for us as a church. And we're going to go through a couple of these harder chapters And uh, there's a reason why, because some of these chapters just lay foundations for understanding some things. So even last Sunday, we talked in chapter 20 about cities of refuge that God had put in place among his people. And and out of that, we learn a lot about God and how he wants his people to be uh, working and functioning together. Chapter 21 is another one of these chapters. And I just really would uh, ask as we go into this that we just look for some foundational things here that will just, I think, highlight what God is all about, what he wants his people to be all about. I also want to note as you kind of look at chapter one, you kind of see it's a longer chapter and you're like, oh my. Um, And you look at chapter 21 and I just want for you to know, we're really going to be touching on the first eight verses and then basically the last five verses because all the rest of the text in between there is giving all these 48 cities in detail. So we're not going to read through those. We just don't need to in it. We'll be covering the very beginning and the end. Uh, At Joshua 21, let me get started. Let's read uh, verse one. Let's get started there. Then the heads of the fathers of the houses of the Levites came to Eleazar the priest and to Joshua the son of Nun and to the heads of the fathers' houses of the tribes of the people of Israel. Let's pause right there. Uh, This chapter is really the central thing is about the Levites, but it's also not just the Levites. It's about the people of God. And there's kind of two key themes that are going on here. The people of God are are giving. Giving is a key theme of this this chapter. And giving in, in so that there's this unique working together amongst God's people. And particularly here, we're talking about the Levites. Now, the Levites are coming to this group of uh, individuals, this plurality of leadership over the people of Israel. And we've already seen this happen before. Chapter 14, we saw Caleb come to them and say, uh, address something that God had promised uh, back. Then we saw the the daughters of Zelophehad come and talk with them in the same kind of way in chapter 17. And now we meet the Levites coming to the plurality of leadership. Verse 2, and they said to them at Shiloh in the land of Canaan, the Lord commanded through Moses that we be given cities to dwell in, along with their pasture lands for our livestock. So by command of the Lord, the people of Israel gave to the Levites the following cities and pasture lands. And those are pretty much listed throughout verse 9 through 40. But look at the four last words of verse three. Uh, to the Le- they gave to the Levites out of their inheritance. Let's talk about these couple of verses for a few here. 
Number one, uh, what were the Levites asking for? Well, verse two, they were asking for what the Lord had commanded Moses. So some 60 years earlier, some decades ago, uh, uh, God had told through Moses, listen, to the Levites, I want for you to give them a place to dwell. They're not going to own it. If you've been here, we've talked about it multiple times in the text. They're not going to own land, but the Levites are going to have somewhere to dwell and they're going to have pasture land for their goats and their their sheep and, and so forth with that. So that's what the Levites are coming and saying, hey, remember what God had said? Uh, It's time. It's time for that. And they're asking in a right attitude. This isn't like, I want stuff and that's going on at all. Uh, This is just the time for them to do that. Uh, Next question, where was the dwelling place and pasture land to come from? I think this is really huge to to see this here. Verse three, where does this come from? The text tells us the people of the Lord gave from out of their inheritance from the Lord. The people are giving from out of what they have received. Let me expand that just a little bit. Those that received from the Lord gave from out of what they received from the Lord in the way that the Lord wanted them to give for what the Lord wanted them to give to. Let me just kind of say that one more time. They, those that received from the Lord gave out of from what they received from the Lord in the way that the Lord wanted them to give it to what the Lord wanted to have them give it to. I'm just going to tell you what you see here is you see a people that are giving out of what they've been given. People say the Old Testament is irrelevant. I say, that should be us. And that's so much of the theme of this whole chapter. Let's keep on going. We'll kind of come back to that. So did it happen? Yes, it did. Uh, I'm going to kind of tell the rest of the story before we get there. So where did this happen? Where did these dwelling places happen? Well, uh, let's bring up a map and and there. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll explain this in a little bit. But you see 48 dots up there. Believe me, there's 48 dots, I know. Okay, there's 48 dots up there. This is kind of a representation of where verses 9 through 40 tell of the cities, where they're at. Six of those dots you can see are made red because 48 of the six, or I'm sorry, six of the 48 cities were cities of refuge. And those were what we talked about last Sunday out of chapter 20. And I just ask this, if you've been around for a bit or if you go to the back of your Bible and you take a look at the map of the 12 tribes, What's different about this map for the Levites than what's different for the 12 tribes? I would, I would answer it this way. What you really see with the Levites is they're scattered all over the place. You see these dots all over. If you look at the 12 tribes map in the back of your Bible, you'll see, as we've been talking about, God sectored them's areas. They have actual chunks of land, kind of like states, uh, within that they have territories. The Levites, they're just like spattered and scattered all over the place. Why would God do that with these poor guys? I mean, were these guys just like saps and they didn't get it? Or, or, or was it that God just did poor planning and he's like, oops, I ran out of land, so we got to just like scatter you around? I don't, I don't quite think that's who God is. Um. I actually think that God had a reason for it. Don't you think? Likely, God knows what he's doing. Uh, we're going to take a look at that. and We're going to see in here what's happening. Let's keep reading a couple more verses. Verse four, 
So the lot came out for the clans of the Kohathites. Now, let me refresh your mind. Whenever it talks about lot, we think of like we're in a neighborhood and there's a, a lot of land. That's my lot. We're not talking dirt right here, lot. We're talking throwing the dice lot. Uh, that's what we've seen uh, back in the day. And I think it's a huge sovereign of God faith deal that the tribes would come. They would grab out uh, literally some of these like dice and they would roll them. And, and it's like, okay, it falls on you. That's what you get. And so with these tribes, I think what's taking place here, the lot came out as the throwing of the dice, that one, and then that one, and then that one. So the lot came out for the clans of the Kohathites. So those Levites who were descendants of Aaron, the priest received by lot from the tribes of Judah, Simeon, and Benjamin, 13 cities. Then verse 5, And the rest of the Kohathites received by lot from the clans of the tribe of Ephraim, from the tribe of Dan, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, 10 cities. And then the Gershonites received by lot from the clans of the tribes of Issachar, from the tribe of Asher, from the tribe of Naphtali, from the tribe of Manasseh, and Bashan, 13 cities. Please don't click out on me yet. I know these names and everything just like... Okay, hang on. Verse 7, the Merorites, according to their clans, received from the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Gad, and the other tribe of Zebulun, 12 cities. What's going on here? What's going on here? Well, let's uh, look at our map and kind of go this way. For the Kohathites, uh, people will, I'll tell you here in just a second who they are. 13 cities were given to them by the, by the tribe of Judah, Simeon, and Benjamin. Okay? Now, please understand again, these cities that were given to them, they weren't empty and now they just move in and they're the only people living there. No, no, no. These cities are fully habited by Israelites and now they're like, okay, there's portions of that that you and that city are to give them to reside there with you. But this is the first part, 13 cities. And so that you understand, uh, this verse four is a summary of verse nine through 19 listing all those cities. Then in verse 5, it says that the Kohathites get 10 cities from Ephraim, Dan, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. So there's a different area that, that these cities are given to them, and, and that's explained in verses 20 to 26. And then in verse 6, the Gershonites, there's 13 cities that are given to them by the tribes of Issachar, Asher, Natali, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, and that's explained in verses 27 to 33. And then in verse 7, there are 12 uh, cities given from Reuben, Gad, Zebulun, uh, and that's explained in verses 34 to 40. Okay, 48 cities, six of them being cities of refuge. Who are these people? Who are the Kohathites? Who are the Gershonites? Who are the Merorites? Um, turn to Numbers chapter 3. Turn left in your Bible, you pass Deuteronomy. You'll hit Numbers chapter 3. This is some really, I think, really good Old Testament foundation for us just to understand a number of things on how God works with his people. Who are these three clans of people? Uh, we haven't had these names in the book of Joshua yet. They're brand new names on the table. But we're going to find out that these three clans come from the sons of three sons of Levi. Levi was a son of Jacob. So let's get a picture here of, uh, of what's going on with this. Who are these clans? Numbers chapter three, starting in verse five. And the Lord spoke to Moses. 
about 16 years earlier from chapter 21 of Joshua, saying, bring the tribe of Levi near, set them before Aaron the priest, that they may minister to him. Okay, here's job number one. What do these people do? They minister to Aaron the priest. Verse seven, they shall also keep guard over him and over the whole congregation before the tent of meeting as they minister at the tabernacle. They do more. They shall guard all the furnishings of the tent of the meeting and keep guard over the people of Israel as they minister at the tabernacle. And you shall give the Levites to Aaron and his sons. They are wholly given to him from among the people of Israel. So these are not some foreigners. They're people of Israel, part of them, a unique role that they have. Uh, And you shall appoint Aaron and his sons, and they shall guard their priesthood. Go to verse 11. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Behold, I have taken the Levites from among the people of Israel, instead of every firstborn who opens the womb among the people of Israel. The Levites shall be mine, for all the firstborn are mine. On the day that I struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I consecrated for my own all the firstborn in Israel, both of man and of beast. They shall be mine. I am the Lord. And the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai saying, list the sons of Levi by father's houses and by clans, every male from a month old and upward you shall list. So Moses listed them according to the word of the Lord as he had commanded. And these were the sons of Levi by these names, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. That's where these dudes come from. They come from out of those three sons. And do you see some of the things that they're to do? They have a unique role in Israel. They they minister and they they serve the priests. The Levites also have this uh, unique role that they keep guard over the priests and over the people. They also have a unique role that they minister at the tabernacle and, and they minister to the people. They were huge influencers and huge helpers of people through situations and through life. And And they were from among the people. They're not other people. I just want to throw a tag out there. You know what? If if me going through this, when I was going through this this week, I'm like, goodness sakes, this kind of sounds like pastors. Just hold that thought. That was the Levites. Now, the priests, they were the ones who actually uh, took the animals and sacrificed the animals on the altar. The Levites uh, prepared all that. The, the, the priests were the ones who, who dealt with the various diseases, kind of hands-on and situations. The priests were the ones who gave the major oracles and the, uh, giving, you know, the instructions from the Lord. The priests were also the ones who carried the Ark of the Covenant. Unique roles. You have the people, you have Levites, you have priests at that time. I want to just kind of leave that on the table and let's go to another picture here, okay? Setting some bases. Let's go to another picture. I actually actually want to take a picture of the camp of the Israelites during the 40 years of wandering here, okay? We're kind of, I'm kind of hanging in numbers here at that time, 60 years earlier. And as the people of Israel move and wander in the wilderness, they're camping in this time. Let's talk about this a little bit and how this works. Uh, God had told the 2 million plus Israelites at the time, and you can see it in Numbers chapter two, if you happen to be there, that he wanted them to camp in a certain way. Why would God care? I would just be like, just camp, just don't get annoying. You know, just like wherever you want, however you want. But, but really, take a look at this. Because God knows what he's doing. 
Why did he have them camp in a certain way? Well, let's talk about how he had them camp. Uh, First, if this happened to be the area where they were plotting themselves down for a period of time, the tabernacle would be set up in the very center of the camp. Uh, By the way, the Levites were the one who took down the tabernacle, carried the tabernacle, put it up. The priests were the ones who brought the Ark of the Covenant in. So that was a very much a a Levitical Levites and priests task. Well, it wasn't just that the tabernacle was in the center. What God had them do is the tribes of Dan, Asher, and Naphtali were up on the north of the tabernacle. Now, I want for you to understand this. It wasn't just like, hey, you three tribes, just just camp on the north side of the tabernacle and kind of wherever you want, just mingle and hang all over. Where No, God actually said that I want for you to stay in your tribes. And by the way, each one of these little tribe things, you can just get in your mind because up here it looks like there's about 20 people, okay, that might be there. There was like some 200,000 people in every one of these little blocks. Okay, this is massive. And so they had these people, Dan, Asher, and Naphtali on the north. Then the tribes of Judah and Issachar and Zebulun were, were over on the east. And then uh, uh, the tribes of Gad, Simeon, and Reuben were along the south. And then the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh and Benjamin were on the west. Circled around the covenant, the, the tabernacle in the middle. By the way, I also want to note this. They were told one other thing by God. That all of their tents were to face toward the tabernacle. Uh, not, not towards the sunset. Not towards the sunrise. Not towards where the wind is blowing. But towards the tabernacle. Uh, that preaches. But, but let's not get there yet. Because what about the priests and the Levites? Doug, you haven't talked about them yet. Good, good. You're on top of it. Glad you asked. Uh, Center east of the tabernacle is where Moses and the priests would camp. Uh, Center south of the tabernacle was where the clan of Kohath would camp. Center west of the tabernacle was where the clan of the the Gershon or Gershonites would camp. Uh, north of the tabernacle would be where the clan of Merari camps. Are, are you picking some things up here? Well, think about this. You lived in this camp structure all your life. I mean your entire life from when you were born till now in the promised land. Every day, this is how you set up. You didn't even think about it. This is just how it went. What are some things that that we gather from this? Everybody is looking to God at the center. God is at the center of it. That's what's supposed to happen in life. By the way, along with that, I've kind of already alluded to the fact that they're all looking to God at the center. I mean, every time you leave your tent, you leave your home, and you go out into the world, guess which way you're headed first at some point? You're headed towards the Shekinah glory of God before you head on out. 
Does, does that not like an amazing reminder of what's going on? Maybe that's why God had it all set up this way. Uh, plus all of this also helps us understand because chapter 21 is so much about the Levites and their role. This whole picture has this idea that if you wanted to go to the tabernacle, if you wanted to go to the presence of the Lord, guess what? Guess where you had to walk through? You had to walk through a Levitical camp. The Levites and the priests, you had to go through them to have access to God. With them, out even, with them not even telling you, you've got a living image on how this happens here. And so you come through that. And I'm going to tell you, do you see how this camping like thousands of years ago set up a foundational picture of the good news of Jesus Christ? Listen, uh, people sometimes say you have to understand the New Testament to be able to understand the Old Testament or the, Old, or the New Testament makes sense of the Old Testament. No, 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 wrong. The Old Testament is a foundation for the gospel of the New Testament. Because Hebrews, Jesus Christ is now the high priest providing access to God. That's exactly what this picture is. But Christ has come and he has died and he has risen and he is now the high priest. You don't need to go to the high priest. You go to the high priest in Jesus Christ to have access to God the Father. I love this. I love this. God is setting up his people in life to understand who he is and how he wants his people to work and what he's trying to do in redemptive history. Now take all of that and put it in the promised land setting. Okay, let's kind of put it in the promised land setting. And you've got 12 tribes. Does this make sense? I'm trying to try to bring that. Uh, now they're in the promised land. And that idea, that concept, and now in the promised land with the 12 tribes, you have these 12 sectors of land around. And to the Israelites, they're like, that's the way it's always been. Then on top of that, you now have this thing where, remember the map before with all the 48 dots all plastered all over the place? The Levites are structured differently and camp differently than everybody else. That's what's happening in the promised land as well. This is just so cool on what takes place. You hear the Levites of the people scattered among the people to uniquely serve the Lord with the people. That's nothing new to them in the promised land. That's the way it's always been done as they've ever seen it. It's the same people in a new place. The same message in a new place. The same purposes in a new place. It's the same relationship with God, but in a new place. Harvest, we got a building coming in a new place. This applies. There's so much principle that comes out of this to help us understand what God's trying to do. Well, let's take all this now. Let's go back to Joshua chapter 21, all right? Back to Joshua 21. Remember verses 1 and 2, the Levites come to the leadership. Hey, God had said that uh, we have some, uh, that God was to give us an inheritance uh, out of uh, what the promised land, that was verse 3, then 4 through 7, tells us about these 48 cities that are detailed in verses 9 through 40. Um, Verse 8, chapter 21. These cities and their pasture lands, the people of Israel gave by lot to the Levites as the Lord had commanded through Moses. The people gave to the Levites as the Lord had commanded. Okay. 
let's kind of take this and let's talk a little bit here because I think there's some cool stuff coming out. Number one, God's people are to be a giving people. A whole thrust of this chapter is this idea of God's people giving something in a, in a unique way for these unique group of, of people among them. But it's a giving together reality. We see in verse 3 and verse 8, the people of Israel gave. Uh, they gave particular cities from within their inherited territory. They, they, they gave particular dwelling places from within those cities. They gave particular pasture lands from within their cities for these guys. But Doug, wait a second here. Those are just 48 cities and not everyone gave because people lived in other places around there. I'm glad you're thinking that and I'm glad you're thinking about it, but that's not correct. That's an American mindset. Okay. Remember all the dots around? There are other people living outside those dots. And we think that, well, they didn't really give land or passion. Oh, no, they did. Uh, for one, you, we, we have to understand that them as a tribe, they were so together. They fought together. That even fits with the whole city of refuge concept. They fought together. What was ours is what was ours. And whether I was in the city or whether I was away from the city, it's still ours and there was a sense of land. That's our land that's going on. You know, we're just like so independent, aren't we? You know, my thing's my thing, your thing's your thing and kind of what we give, we give and what we give that together, then that's separate from this. They didn't think that way. That was so not in their uh, mental capacity. For one, they were all giving together. Uh, Secondly, they all gave in in a financial way. It wasn't just land, but a financial. Uh, You go all the way back from a long, long time prior to this, and God had set it up where all his people were to give 10% of, of what they earned to the Levites and the priests. Why, 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 why would they do that? Well, because God was having his people supporting this unique role, the Levites of people, so they could put their full effort into what's happening here. They were there to help God's people in this. They were giving 10% so that that could happen. Uh, By the way, you've got to understand that there were some 23,000 Levites spread across those 48 cities. That's just under 500 Levites per city. That's a lot of dudes. But all the people gave together, not only the land, but they gave uh, financially together for it. And I'll just add one really cool thing out of that. The Levites gave 10% of what they got to support the priests. This is an all-in thing, all together. Not my stuff is my stuff, your stuff is your stuff. No, our stuff is our stuff, and we're doing this together. That was how it was happening. Additionally, I'll just note in the text, it tells us that they were doing all this as the Lord commanded. That's important. This isn't just a human philanthropic thing. This isn't a human uh, thing invented for, that's what moral people do. That's what good people do. It's not a thing just if you're rich. It's not the kind of thing of if you have anything left over for your expenses, then, then you do that. But it was an obedience to the Lord thing because the Lord said, my people are to do this and to be this. And think about it in that day. How would that set them apart from everybody else on the planet? Hey, friends, it's true. We all know it. How you look at your stuff tells you so much about your heart. And how you look at your stuff can so distinguish you from everybody else on this planet. Have you been around people that are just giving people? I'm just not even talking money. I'm just talking about their time. 
and their abilities. It's just like, goodness sakes, you're unlike anybody else. Bingo. That's what God wanted his people to be like. Unlike anybody else. Uh, Giving together people. And again, I go, so often we sometimes think the Old Testament is so outdated. No, it's not. It is a foundation for understanding God and how his people work. Harvest? I and the pastors here want to thank you. We want to thank you for being a giving people. Your giving allows us to be able to do what we're doing. We, we live in a day and age right now where there's a lot of ministry for money going on. Just go to Channel 40. And out of all that, there's a lot of mistrust. A lot of mistrust because there's, sad to say, some or a good amount of abuse by ministries with people. And seeing that, I just want for you to know, we are so grateful for what you give as families and as pastors, I might even say Levites. (laughs) It's very similar. You know, we work really hard here to be proper with our finances. As many of you know, I come out of the business field and that background for me has been very helpful for me personally. I'm so grateful for all the work Pastor Eric does. I'm so grateful for all the work that the staff does and the elders do in this whole process. We see trust is very fragile reality in this day and age. And I just want for you to know, we work very hard to be trustworthy. Because you can't have a giving people without a trusting people. And I'm even just going to tell you this. We value it so highly that oftentimes in ministry, uh, one of the things that gets kind of willy-nilly is, what do you pay the pastors? I mean, pastors, what, what do you pay them? I mean, they're like, kind of like odd and not normal. And what do you pay them? How do you compare them? And I just want to let you know that the elders have, uh, have last year set up to help with this whole thing. We've set actually a formula that's tied to the largest uh, uh, compensation study that's done in the nation every year by Christianity Today in 15 various categories of pastoral ministry and staffing. And we have a formula that's actually tied to that to take out of the willy-nilly, willy-nilly-ness of it all because we want to be accountable. We're not in this for the money. We're not in this for the money. Danielle's not in this for the money. Chris helps. Uh, he's not in this for the money. He's volunteering, helping, putting this in, in very, all kinds of things together. I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Your giving has also allowed us to be able to have the hope of a future facility. But hear me on this. Same people, same message, 
same objectives, different place. Right? Right. Vertical together. We are in a financially unique time, calling for financially unique giving in light of all that. And I want to thank you. And I also just want to say, if this is something that isn't part of your life and love, I want to call you. God has called us to be giving people cheerfully. That's why sometimes when we take offering, we clap to instill that in. We want to be that. Well, number two, uniquely together. I got to keep moving. Verse three and verse eight. It's, we can see in it, it also says the people of Israel gave to the Levites. It's important to see this whole passage is about these Levites. and it's, There's a structure here and uh, we've already alluded to it. So I'm just going to kind of run through this a little bit. There's a unique group within the whole. There's a unique role within the whole. And the Levites carried out a unique role within the work of the ministry. And theirs was really having to do with the priest, the tabernacle, and with the people. They were central influencers involved with, engaged with the people in helping them and also influencing them in increasing ways to the Lord. When you go back and study about the Levites, they were uniquely qualified, they were uniquely authorized, and they were uniquely positioned, as we've talked about, in where they were at. Uh, Calvin said of this chapter, the Levites were a kind of guardian in every district to retain the people in the pure worship of God. This is the reason for stating so carefully how many cities they contained from each tribe. They were everywhere to keep watch, teach, and preserve the purity of the people. I look at this chapter and I go, this is Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 oozing out of it. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 says this, and the Lord gave some to be apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? To equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. You see, the Levites and the priests were supported to be able to help the people to be able to do what God had called us called them to do. And I want for you to know straight on the table, I think church has a lot reversed. Oftentimes what ends up happening is the people come and you come and the 99% are out there kind of clapping for the people up here. And yet I want for you to know that's not in our mindset. Our mindset is up, we're up here clapping for you to do the work of the ministry. Oh, Doug, but I, we pay you guys. And we pay you and Nick and Eric and Cody and Pastor Nate coming on. We pay you to do the work of the ministry. You know, the evangelism, the discipleship and all that work. You guys do that. No, that's not true. Our job is to help you to do that. And in fact, let me just add this, a numbers thing in it. If you go to Numbers chapter 26, you'll find out that all of the the, uh, Levites and the priests are listed. And there's some 23,000 Levites and priests. 23,000. Let's say at the time uh, when they're going to the promised land for easy number processing, there's around 2.3 million Israelites. 1% were Levites. Hey, here's what's kind of interesting. I sat in my office this week and I thought, this is interesting. You know, our normal attendance, average attendance is about 550. We really have about 650 plus on our roster here. And with Pastor Nate coming on, guess what? 1% of the people here are pastors. 1% seeking to be influencers to you, 99% to do the work of the ministry. 
we're here for this. We want to help you. We want to encourage you. We want to challenge you. We want you to be growing in Christ. That's our job. We're in the behind part of it. Come on, Harvest. Come on, God's people. Go help. How can we help you? How can we equip you? How can we get you moving along so that you are more effective in the ministry and the doing of what God's ministry is all about? It's all about the 99%. They were right on that part. Are you coming here with that on your mind? Harvest, do you come here with the idea of being involved here at this church? Where it's, I don't want to just come and sit and just pat me on my head and give me some little nice chitty chat. Are you coming here to be spurred on and fed and encouraged and challenged and to worship together and that this is the fire of the furnace so that when you leave here, You're ripping the doors off this building. And ripping the doors off your car because you're so excited to get home and live it out. And to get to work and live it out. And to get at school and to live it out. And to get in your neighborhood and to live it out. We're doing this for you guys. We're doing this for you. That's what chapter 21 is about. God knows what he's doing. He wants his people effective. And there's unique roles in it all. Will you do this? Let's go to the very end of the chapter. Last few verses. Verse 41. The cities of the Levites in the midst of the possession of the people of Israel were in 48 cities with their pasture lands. So they were accessible all over the place to everybody. Verse 42, these cities had his pasture lands around it, so it was with all these cities. Verse 43, this is a huge summary of everything of this book so far. Thus the Lord gave to Israel all the land that he swore to give to their fathers. They took possession of it, they settled there, and the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their fathers. Not one of all their enemies had withstood them, for the Lord had given all their enemies into their hands. Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. Not one. All came to pass. Hey, point number three, finishing together. Doug, what does finishing together have to do with that text? Absolutely nothing. Here's the deal. With a smile on my face, Throughout this series, I have been over 40 minutes every Sunday. And I have been killing the clock. And guess what? It's 37 minutes and 30 seconds and we're done. <laughs> the Levites are growing and changing. <laughs> All right. Hey, let's finish together in prayer. Lord, thank you so much for your kindness. <sighs> Lord, I love these people. I love being here with these people. God, I know myself and Nick and Eric and Cody and, and Nate coming on. We're so grateful for you. I just think of Danielle and Chris involved. I think of our, our children's ministry leaders and I think of our small group leaders and our elders. And oh Lord, there's just people here that serve you in various roles and capacities. Our children's workers, our greeters, our ushers and all kinds of things. The worship team, so many things happening, Lord, here. 
here. And it's a, when you step back sometimes and you look at the whole and you just go, doggone it, this is a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful thing. This is unlike other things going on. It should be unlike other things going on because you are to be at the center and we're to see you at the center, all eyes focused on you. And only through Jesus Christ do we have access to you. And God, I do, I I pray for us pastors. Unique role of the people with a unique role to be equipping this church. Oh God, would you give us and the elders, would you give us wisdom? Oh God, keep us humble. May we not be the kind of guys that that buy into the accolades or buy into the money of ministry or all that just like sick stuff. Instead, God, may we be guys who are stayed focused on you and stayed focused on the purpose of equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. God, I pray for your people. They would just be fired up and they would continue just to want to say, bring it on, bring it on. Help me get more effective. Help me to do more for my Savior. Help me to do more for his glory and impacting other people. Oh God, may we just be unlike anything and be like what you want. Thank you for these dear people. Goodness, we are blessed. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray.